Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special set of episodes for Art Drama Llama called The Llama Exclusive. We will look beyond the galleries and dish on the art world's gossip, rivalries, and eccentricities, but we will also cover current events or interesting things that are happening in the art world right now. My name is Deanja. My name is Manchi. And I'm Bartika. And today we are going to look beyond Karakuram, the capital of the Mongol Empire. Mm, I'm intrigued. Aren't you like 0.8% like Mongolian? Yeah, like 6% Mongolian. <laughs> Your great, 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 great ancestor will be proud. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I was like, should I mention it on the podcast? But then I was like, if I mention the fact that I'm 6% Mongolian, I feel like it's the white people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm like 2% uh, Eastern European and like 45% Spanish and 50% um, British British and stuff like that. You know, like it's it's too much. It's too much. I'm like, I don't care what shade of vanilla you are. You're vanilla. You're vanilla. Yeah. So I was like, but yes, thank you for bringing it up for me. Now I can uh, talk about it without feeling like I'm super pretentious. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> we got each other. I just bring it up knowing that you like. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. Like- but I compliments but fishing for like interesting tidbits exactly yeah I'm, I'm really glad you teamed me up for that and low-key when I saw the headline for this I was like oh wow I feel somewhat connected <laughs> waving, my, waving my six percent Mongolian flag oh my god this is this is your true calling yeah yeah, yeah exactly it reminds me of yeah I don't know if you ever watch like American Dragon Jake Long Oh, I've seen a couple episodes. Okay. There's this, like, part where, like, his dad is participating in, like, the Chinese, like, the Chinese New Year's festival or something. Some type of festival. And he's, like, waving this flag and, like, he's all decked out and all this stuff. And his mom, who's, like, a Chinese lady, is, like, sweetie, you're not Asian. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then he, he went on this whole thing about how, like, he comes from from this and then these people came from like when the land bridge was a thing and then the land bridge is what connected asia and like the rest of the continent so therefore he's asian oh my god i mean if he kept going back he could wave the uh i'm african flag right well he clearly had other priorities <laughs> oh my god that's amazing yeah i'm uh i'm exactly like jake long sad right now Okay, Manji. Yeah. Very like Mongolian. <laughs> yeah. Super Mongolian. You know, like that six percent really makes it real, you know? Yes. Yeah. Are you gonna like take over New York then? With my Mongolianness? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the I'm the Genghis Khan uh incarnate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the 1950s, uh american whites were afraid of oh yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah, yeah. we're gonna yeah, we're gonna conquer we're gonna conquer all of it yeah they were just like 60 years late to being afraid <laughs> wait do you mean 60 do you mean 60 years early yes you know what i meant i got you just anyway, to clarify yes back back to the topic of hand yeah okay so Essentially, what happened was this group of archaeologists 
used a very cool technology called the Superconducting Quantum Interference Device, or SQUID, and they've surveyed over a thousand acres of what used to be the ancient city of Karakoram, which was the 13th century capital of the Mongolian Empire. And what they found was that the settlement was a lot larger than they believed. And it was also an implanted city. And we can talk a little bit about that in further detail. But I just thought that it was super cool that like current archaeologists are using technology to map out and find new things about um, just find new things about ancient cities, right? Like it's kind of similar to um, the lady, I don't remember her name again, but the lady who used GIS technology, like satellite imaging technology to look at different plots of land around the world and try to identify any grave robber or any sites that were robbed, right? Or like looted sites. And then she outsourced it to the entire world. So you could go through and look at these different satellite images to see if there are like any markings of looted areas. And that would help archeologists like better identify sites. It's really cool to see like science and art kind of intersect in this way, where we're able to learn a lot more by using the new technology. But I say this, but if you look at the, if you actually look at how they mapped out this like thousand acre area, they essentially put these sensors onto a truck that then like just drove the area, I guess. <laughs> it was just this off-road vehicle pulling this cart to essentially map out this area. Um, and so it looks kind of silly, but you know, we got cool information. But yeah, that's the that's the setup for it. A little bit more detail on Karakoram. As I mentioned, it was the ancient capital of the Mongol Empire. It was started by Genghis Khan, and then it was taken over by his son, Ogodai. Sometime later, Kublai Khan really established himself in Beijing, and that became the new city, the new capital city for the Mongol Empire, and Karakoram kind of died out. Um, but this was really like the city that Genghis Khan really established, and that's why it's really well known. And just reading from a primary source, um, the Franciscan friar William of Rubruck in 1254, he had actually uh, written a brief excerpt about what he saw from the city. And it says, it contains two quarters, one for the Saracen, where the markets are and where many traders gathered due to the constant proximity of the camp, and to the great number of envoys. The other is a quarter of the Cadians, who are all craftsmen. Set apart from these quarters lie large palaces belonging to court secretaries. There are 12 idol temples belonging to different peoples, two mosques where religion of Muhammad is proclaimed, and one Christian church at the far end of town. The town is enclosed by a mud wall and has four gates. So I just thought it was super cool that you can already see like this ancient capital of the Mongol Empire was really like was super diverse right and it had Chinese artists Muslim merchants captives from all over the Mongol Empire and Christian churches and peoples there as well so it's just you already see how diverse the Mongol Empire is and you kind of you can see the effects of the silk trade and you know the true like cultural melting pot that happened after they conquered this massive empire, right? And it's happening in their capital city. Anyway, that is all to say, after they mapped out the entire 
thousand acre, they realized that there was a ton of undiscovered roads, districts, and significant expansion beyond the city walls. And it showed there were less densely built areas further from the main settlement, which were probably used for temporary camps during social gatherings um, for the assembly of the ruling elite. And according to the researchers, the detailed new measurements provided the first evidence of distinct zoning within the city itself. So the design of Karakoram features a U-shaped and square compounds to the north and east of the walls. The eastern gate would probably have been most heavily used as it is the road that leads from the east gate out of the city. And both of the sides were lined with additional buildings. Um, and to the south and west, there are structures of various sizes forming a crescent shape, which are likely buildings for the elite or and as well for the administration and ritual activities. Um, the buildings in this section included different colored glazed roof tiles and granite column bases. The two eastern access roads merged in the southeast and headed towards China, while paths from the northern and western gates led to the nearby Orkhon River. Researchers believe that the water from this river was transported to Karakoram on carts and storage vessels or in leather bags, as there have been no water supply within the city that's been discovered at the moment. So that was like some of the new discoveries about the city itself. But the main one is they realized this was an implanted city. And what does that really mean? And it's basically like a settlement where the city and its inhabitants fall out of the sky in one package is how the researcher who, the main researcher um, describes it. And he says that it means not only was the city newly erected in a landscape without cities and permanent settlements, but also the people who built the city were brought. Most inhabitants were not drawn, but driven. Korokoram was incorporated into the local economy and researchers believe that local herders stayed out of the city. So an implanted city means that you can move it and it doesn't harm the local population. Um, so basically he's just saying that like, they just like brought in all these people uh, and like made these buildings, but it wasn't really part of what was happening at Korokorum at the moment. Um, so that when, so the cities were really for the foreign entities um, and for the ruling elite, but when you know everybody left, the local pastoral society and economy would still remain. But yeah, I thought those like really interesting that we're discovering new things about ancient cultures even today, and that the fact that it's an implanted city, which is quite different from I think the normal societal structure we've heard about or the normal cities city structures that we've learned about, um, and I just wanted to share the knowledge and wave my 6% Mongolian flag at the same time. <laughs> I feel like um, Genshin Fires should listen. <laughs> How to uh, be part of and leave a city without affecting the local economy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Or even yeah. like normal cities, like, you know? Oh, like being more integrated with nature and not really ruining the base base level of what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of hard, though. Well, okay, what are your opinions as someone who's, like, in the Big Apple? <laughs> I mean, 
I think it's just a lot of the things that we, I think, I, I mean, the main thing I'm thinking about is transportation. I think that makes it very difficult to not tamper with society or uh, sorry, not tamper with nature because, you know, right now it's like we're driving, right? But if you're not driving, then you're taking the subway. Um, and if you're not taking the subway, you're walking, you which means- make jetpacks so we can fly. But then the jetpacks will, you know, use a fuel. Well, we'll, we'll make a sustainable, eco-friendly fuel. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. We could try for that. Or we can, yeah. You just gave up. You're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I mean, we are living in a world where anything is possible, right? So, or at least we would hope that that's what's happening. People say we're going to manifest it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So pull up your real crystals, not some fake stuff. <laughs> well, those are some inflammatory words right there, Sandra. I think you need to take a step back. I don't know. Vertica's real quiet. I know. I just try not to laugh at everything. <laughs> Guys, I don't know what's wrong with me. It's the fake crystals. Her entity powers are waning. Oh man. Yeah, okay. back in my day, uh <laughs> there were no roads, there were no cars, we just rode on horses. Yeah. There weren't <laughs> even bodies. We were just a soup of a collective. I saw this implanted city, you guys. So Oh uh, yeah. I, I should have that. asked you about more details. Miss Entity, did you ever meet uh Friar William of Ruburg in twelve fifty four? No, I guess we must have missed each other. Twelve fifty four, isn't that like supposedly when Romeo and Juliet were alive? I was too busy watching over them, <laughs> watching the whole thing play out. Oh my god, they're um. I feel like you could have found better romances than Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to rag on you, entity or Romeo and Juliet, but um, you know. And that's why when I went back to, uh, I was going to say Vienna, Verona, <laughs> when I went back to Verona a few years ago, I, par- I came and talked. I paid tribute to them. Oh, yeah. You left a note under Juliet's balcony. <laughs> yeah. I left my Instagram handle. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The entity is like really with it. She's, doing, she's uh, tagging everything with her Instagram handle. You know it, you guys. I don't think it's on a band-aid, by the way. So if you ever do go find it. (laughs) Oh my god. That's all I had. (laughs) That's kind of (laughs) gross. Sorry. It was a brand new band-aid, man. She Yeah, I know. I don't know who you think I am. (laughs) I don't know. I just always associate band-aids with like wounds. So I'm sorry. I I heard wounds. (laughs) No, wounds, wounds, wounds. Let's clarify. Let's clarify. All right. Um, anyway, I just uh, you know, I like the Mongols a lot. I'm I'm really fond of them. I actually think that um the cultural repercussions were pretty interesting. So as always, if you have any stories you would like us to cover, please email us at artdramalama at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Instagram and Patreon, where our handles are all at Art Drama Llama. 
And lastly, thank you for joining us, and we hope we can continue looking beyond the galleries with y'all next time. Bye, llamas. Bye. Peace.